The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome on the East Coast at 2 p.m. and welcome on the West Coast at 11 a.m. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Today, my guest is Philip Shepard whose life has been shaped by many questions. Uh, He has written for an arts magazine. He's co-founded and directed an interdisciplinary theater company. He has produced plays and a documentary for CBC Television. He's been trained in dance. And through it all, he has really developed his own way of thinking, which is New Self, New World, in his brand-new book, which is just coming out, called Recovering Our Senses in the 21st Century. Welcome, Philip. Hey, thank you so much, Patricia. Mm, Recovering Our Senses. So you think we've kind of lost what we're really feeling? Well, there is this mild disconnect from the body. Mm. Um, And it's, you know, it's not a modern phenomenon. Our culture has developed a story about what it means to be human over 10,000 years. And our, our major difficulty is that that story defines normal for us. Mm-hmm. And the most difficult thing in the world, the question, is the normal that you've grown up with and been nurtured on. You just don't see it. It's like it blends into the landscape. Uh, and so I was fortunate um, in that uh, at a young age, I... Uh, quite deliberately stepped out of my culture and passed through many other cultures on a, a bicycle trip from England to Japan. And, uh. and that laid a bedrock uh, for my ability to, to bring questions to bear on, on the story I'd been nurtured on. And it's a, it, it is a story that, that takes us out of relationship uh, with the body and, and hence out of relationship mm. with the world around us because, of course, the body is our bridge to, to the present. So how do we tap into that sort of wisdom of the body? I mean, do we do things like yoga, meditate, walk, run? I mean, what do we do to really pay attention to what's going on in the body? All, all of that stealth stuff helps, but it's, it's all potentially hobbled by our attachment to a story that we, we don't see clearly. And, and you, as long as you're... Um, living out a story that you don't understand you have no choice so one of the one of the things new self new world undertakes to do is to expose uh the story that our culture reinforces at every turn 
and and offer readers choice once they see the story then you've got the freedom to choose so you know the the the, the um one of the biggest movements that that uh, that has helped people is is the whole idea that it's important to get in touch with your body. Um, but if you look if you look at the the wording of that to get in touch with your body, it's 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 still representing a paradigm whereby you're in one place, your body is in another place, and you're you're trying to string lines of communication um, so that you can be better informed about what your body might need and mm. and our, uh, that whole that whole paradigm mm. uh, is married to a head centered existence you know i I find in my own life um, that when i you know if i 'm under stress or i 'm not feeling right, if I do an activity whether it 's swimming or getting in the hot tub or walking, it makes a huge difference, and my body will crave it it will say to me, uh, okay, do something for me. And I find that when I do that, it does something to the, you know, to the chemicals in my brain. So when I'm finished, I just feel much better. Yeah, yeah. There's this, there's this schism uh, that our culture encourages between the head and the body. And, 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 and it's, you know, we design our cars to be like a head. And, and so it's got two headlights, like the eyes. And, and it's, it's shaped like a skull. And we play our music uh, inside the car. And it's like that chatter in our heads that runs around inside the skull that mm. no one outside can hear. And, and uh, you know, we, we talk about headquarters and, and uh, got a good head on his shoulders and two heads better than one. Mm. Around the head. In, our, yeah. in our language, in our architecture, in, in the world around us, is is oriented towards a story of the self by which the head has uh, preeminence and is the rightful ruler. And in fact, um, you know, for for over a hundred years, we've known um, that the body has two brains. Mm. So there's a second brain uh, known as the enteric nervous system. It's called the second brain, the, the pelvic or abdominal brain, um, that is every bit as essential to, to our life as humans as the cranial brain. And you can see over, I talk about this story of 10,000 years, you can, if, you, if you map out uh, the shifts in language, uh, that occur over that stretch of time from our mm. earliest Indo-European roots, you can see that our center of consciousness culturally, the center of our thinking moved from the pelvis in the time of the uh, the Neolithic Revolution uh, up to the diaphragm in the time of Homer. Homer uses mm. the word freen that means both mind and diaphragm. And to him, they're the same thing. That's where he can experience his thinking. So the diaphragm is, is understood to be the organ of thought, um, just and, as the Egyptians understood the heart. To be, yeah, and my to next be, question is, you know, when you say that we start shifting, it's no longer the brain, it might be the diaphragm. So how do we unplug from our mind? You know, how do you start thinking from another, you know, from the diaphragm or from the breath? Because we're so, as you said, programmed to think from our brain. Yeah, we absolutely are. Um, in my book, every chapter ends with an exercise because it's not a shift you can make through idea alone. I, idea alone can only reinforce the, that uh, paradigm of the head, of the head ruling. Um, 
once you once you understand that physiologically there's a there's a there's a second brain in the belly and once you understand that intelligence is not abstract reasoning not alone true intelligence is just sensitivity so whether it's a sensitivity to arithmetic reasoning whether it's a sensitivity to melody whether it's a sensitivity to nature all of all of those sensitivities are forms of intelligence and so we've married ourselves to a very very narrow idea of what intelligence is mm. and in order to get out of the head you have to reunite with your fully embodied intelligence and that requires a kind of passivity mm. um, it, where the head goes quiet and and there's an exercise in the book called the elevator shaft whereby you just feel the center of your conscious thinking dropping yeah that down was my next question is could you give us an exercise you want an exercise absolutely okay the elevator shaft the elevator shaft is an exercise where you imagine running through your body this elevator shaft and it starts uh, just above the, the skull and it ends just below the pelvic floor and once you can feel that corridor within feel the the center of your thinking in the head which is very easy for most of us to do and allow it to drop down through that elevator shaft and until it comes to rest on the pelvic floor. Now, in the course of dropping, you're likely to find places where it stalls out or gets stuck, and that's where you need to soften and allow the breath to help you, and then you'll find it can start dropping again. And once that center of your thinking arrives on the pelvic floor, you'll find everything has shifted. You'll find you've come into a place of of sensitivity, of ease, of of a, a lack of anxiety, mm -hmm. and and it's like an opening to the world around you. Mm. All right, and on that note, we are going to take a break. All right, um, tell people how they can get your new book. Um, my book is uh, is available. On Amazon, Borders, um, online, and I'm I'm hoping that someday soon your local bookshop will carry. But you can certainly order it online. New Self, New World by Philip Shepard, and that's Philip with one L and Shepard, the way it uh, appears in the dictionary. S H E P H E R D. Okay. All right. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. News, news, opinion, can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. 
Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. And my guest is Philip Shepard, who has traveled extensively since he first headed off on a bicycle at the age of 18. Intent upon seeing the world, Shepard left his home in Canada determined to immerse himself in different cultures. He traveled by bike across Europe, the Middle East, Iran, and India before spending seven months in Japan where he studied the Noah Theater. His various experiences have taken him to the olive groves of Greece, the ghettos of Baghdad, the great Syrian desert. And since his return to his native Canada, he's founded an interdisciplinary theater company working with companies as a corporate coach. He teaches creativity workshops, has written plays and documentaries, and is the editor from the, for the Complete Art Critic and has acted in several films. Welcome back, Philip. Thank you so much. All right, let's talk about the difference. You know, you talk about the difference between the head and the pelvis, which kind of, you know, it's interesting because people talk about that, but they talk about it sometimes in, you know, in a sexual way. So yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's it's uh, it's a more um, uh, it's a more ancient um, connection with the body than that. The um, and it's paralleled in many cultures. In, in Japan, they have this word hara that means belly. And for the Japanese culture, your profoundest truths reside in the belly. But there are distinct, there's distinct differences between uh, the brain and the cranium and the brain and the belly. Um, in its most fundamental way, the brain in the cranium is where you can consciously think. The brain in the belly is where you can consciously be. And our culture has lost the ability to just be, so that we think it's natural for our thinking to have disconnected from our being. We think in mm-hmm. and of our being, and, 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 and so we, we develop a construct of ideas that represents the world for us. And, we and you know, I, I want to say something. I want to say yeah. something about that. I really do, because you know, you've heard so many people say, well, you know, he was 
they were thinking with, or he was thinking with the other, you know, the other head. And yeah. think about that. I mean, think about, you know, thinking with more that part of the body, not necessarily that body part. But, you, you know, that there seems to be some truth to that, Philip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, uh, that our, our society so fragments our relationship to the body that, that the whole sex issue, um, it cannot uh, come into proportion with the other parts of us. So mm. the spiritual side of sex, the embodied side of sex, the, the soul side of sex are all, are all things that tend to, tend to fall away. Um, and, and part of that is the disconnection from our bodies uh, turns sex into, into something we, we don't find as satisfying as we might because one of our great needs is, is a spiritual need mm-hmm. where we find a spiritual mm. expression and completion. And as long as we've disconnected from that, we need to keep, uh, you know, we obsess with this thing that we need and yet, and yet can never find satisfaction from. Because we're not combining the physical and mental and the spiritual. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not into the true intimacy part of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So go yeah, ahead and, and let's talk more about the, the brain and the pelvis. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, there's, a, there's a, an ancient sort of mythic understanding that we, we all have within us male and female aspects to our consciousness. And the, the brain in the belly is, is affiliated with being. The brain in the head is affiliated with doing. And we, we've become a culture obsessed with doing, so that even, as you say, sex itself becomes something that has to do with doing and, and, and almost pays no heed at all to being. And when, when, you, when you drop out of the head into the belly, you come into relationship. When you move out of the head, out of the belly into the head, you're, you're moving into uh, a consciousness that likes to systemize. So it's, it's, it's um, within that kind of ancient hierarchy, the male aspect of our consciousness is, lives in, in the head and loves abstraction and systemization mm-hmm. and ideas, but it's insensitive. The brain you can cut into with a knife and it feels nothing. By, by, by contrast, the brain in the belly comes into relationship with all that is. And, and to feel not just the self as a whole and not just the world as a whole, but the self in the world as a whole with, 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 with certainly distinct aspects to it, but those aspects are, come into harmony with each other. That's, that's what our culture almost prevents the individual from finding. So we, we can feel um, parts of the self. Hmm. Try to feel the self as a whole, you're, you're going to more likely flit back between feeling your emotions or feeling your body or feeling your thoughts, never able to allow those to cohere into what in, in my book, New Self, New World, I call the felt self, which is the whole of the self in the whole mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. as a unity. Let's do one of your exercises, which you call the pencil. 
Yeah, this is one of the simplest exercises in the book because as long as you live in the head, you are governing everything you do according to idea, the rules you set down, the shoulds. So even as in something as simple as picking up a pencil that's fallen on the floor, we tend to treat the body as a vehicle and we sit up in our heads and manipulate that vehicle down to the floor to take the pencil to lift it back up. So the, the, the exercise is one that allows you to drop fully into the present. And, and when doing arises from your being, it acquires an effortlessness. So if you can be fully present with that pencil and, and drop out of your head into that place of being within the body, there is an ease bending down, taking the pencil, and standing back up that is entirely independent of the chattering in our heads that tends to drive us day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just, just something as simple as that, is picking up yeah, the pencil. And, and it extends... Do you think yoga is a very good exercise for really going through and thinking about what you're doing with your body? It's absolutely fabulous. And, and you know, in its, in, in its roots, yoga is totally rooted in that in that wholeness of spirit mind and body that uh, that we find so difficult now i mean our culture is almost you know ruled out spirit as a real thing in the world right. or our scientific bias hmm. let's talk about a little more about what we can do to get more in touch with our senses should be, we be listening to soft music? Should be, we be walking in nature? What are some of the things we need to be doing? All of, all of that helps. In, in uh, New Self, New World, I talk about the ancient knowledge of the, the four elements, and, uh, you know, earth, air, fire, and, and water. And the, they understood the four elements, not just to be what the world was constituted of, but, but each of us as well. And, and I talk about air as the breath. And, and we tend, you know, when we, when we deep breathe, we tend to have this sense of pushing the breath down into the body. Um, and I've got an exercise in the book that encourages uh, people to feel what it is to allow the breath to just drop through the body the way the way milk pours into a jug and fill from the body up from the bottom up um and there's so much uh we put so many stops and blocks and willfulness into our breathing that it it often takes a long time to peel those away until eventually you can feel that every cell in the body participates in a breath. Mm-hmm. Um, ground is another thing that our culture has so dissociated from the earth. I mean, we, we you know, yep. dirt and earth are synonymous, and that's sort of... In I think our, people in our tell cultural... me I should walk in the dirt or walk barefoot as much as I can. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then once you've... Once, the, the earth literally is what we rest on, and without that connection to the earth, you cannot come to rest in your own body. It's really that simple. And so, and so to, to, you know, nature is our most intimate teacher, and we, we, the, the most we tend to do is to learn about nature, and we just, we, 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 if we can only 
attend to nature and open ourselves to it, it has so much to teach us because there is no division between our life and the life around us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, water is, is another element I talk about. And the body is naturally fluid, but we experience it as elaborate machinery. And, and it's possible, especially once you've worked with the breath, to just release every cell in your body into its own fluidity. And, and that fluidity is your intelligence. It is your thinking. It's the, it's the very currency of your being. Um, and uh, Alan Watts, the brilliant uh, um, philosopher and, and uh, writer of uh, spiritual matters, talked about, you know, in fact, the metaphor for the self, the perfect metaphor is a whirlpool. Because the whirlpool is is there in the river, and you see it, and it's always there, but but it's nev- nothing in it is fixed. Things flow into it and flow out of it, and that's exactly the way the body is. But we, in in a million little ways, we tend to block and constrict what flows through our body, and and we want to pull our body away from the state of fluidity because because it feels dangerous. Who knows how the body might change, where it might take mm. us. But in fact, it's guided by a profound intelligence. That yeah, here's another that. question. What do you yeah. do? Should we be paying attention when you know, we get scared or someone upsets us? And we may be very calm on the outside, Philip, but inside it feels like someone has punched us or we get queasy or all of a sudden we have a tremendous headache. We need to pay attention to those things, don't we? Those are the times when it's most difficult to reside in your own wholeness. And, in, you know, the reality is no one can take your wholeness away from you. It's mm-hmm. a choice that you make to divide yourself. And it's, it's, a, it's sort of a natural defense in, in such times to, 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 to split yourself up and constrict and, and, you know, the placid exterior and the, the roiling emotions within. Um, but the more... The more you venture into what your own wholeness means, the easier it is to maintain that wholeness in in situations of excitement or threat or danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell us about some of the workshops that you teach in the Toronto area. Oh, I uh, I I love teaching the workshops, and it's it's um. Part of, part of what I do at the beginning of a workshop is to help people recognize in their own bodies all the little checks they put on their natural responses. So in their breathing, in their speaking, in their walking, they've patterned themselves in a way that is, is trying to lock down who they know themselves to be. And uh, just as we construct a, you know, a structure of ideas that represents what the world is for us, we we cease paying attention to the world in its present reality. We do that. We do that with the self as well. And and again, it's one of those things that is normal, and we accept and have difficulty questioning. So, so simple exercise I might begin with. I might get people to to repeat after me, floor wall, ceiling. And I say that, and then they repeat it, and, and I, almost everyone 
is stopping their breath between the words floor, wall, ceiling. Well, if you stop your breath, you're putting your life on hold. And that's just the just that's just a little doorway into a whole um, a whole awareness of the flow of life that the breath awakens in the body. Um, you know, it's the breath is what unites our th- our thinking of in the cranial brain with our very being. Um, and then, of course, there are other there are other exercises that go on to liberate the body, not as a body, but as the medium of your own thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, Andrew Harvey calls this an exceptionally important book, and Larry Dossey highly recommends it. And what's wonderful is that you're really looking at how we tap into a whole other side of ourselves that, for some people, uh, we're not using. And then we wonder why we fill our, our, ourselves with a lot of the addictive things we do to get the high because we're not getting high from our natural senses. Would you agree with that? Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Completely yeah. 100%. All right. Tell people how they can find you, Philip. Well, I've got a website, and I'd love people to have a look. Uh, and on the website, there, you know, my, the introduction to the book is there, and they could have a look at that. And Andrew Harvey wrote a foreword to the book that they could look at. And it's philipshepherd.com. So that's... P-H-I-L-I-P-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D.com. Okay. Um, I'm also on Facebook, and there's a Facebook fan page for the book, New Self, New World, and that should get them there. All right. Thank you so much, Philip, for being on the program. It's been a real pleasure, Patricia. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, I stand the line. My guest has been Philip Shepard. His brand-new book, Hot Off the Press, New Self, New World, Recovering Our Senses in the 21st Century. Again, and you can log on to philipshepherd.com, P-H-I-L-I-P-S-H-E-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Exactly right. All right. Thank you. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next week, I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Have a great Monday and a great week. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 